Welcome back to WeCast. I'm your host, Brock Benson. I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving weekend. We sure are starting to see winter weather here in the West End. The San Juans and the Uncompahgre Plateau are currently covered in snow, and the nighttime temps are dipping well below freezing. Fourth season rifle wrapped up last week, and the Winter Bowling League is three weeks into some fierce competition. We have another edition of great local news and only local news ready for you this week, so let's get started. From the Trailhead Sound Lab in Natarita, Colorado, this is a 141 production in cooperation with the Rimrocker Historical Society and the San Miguel Basin Forum. This is Volume 74, Issue Number 26 of the San Miguel Basin Forum, bringing you all the headlines out of the West End of Colorado for the week of November 29th, 2023. The price of uranium as of November 20 is $80.25. All right, making headlines this week in holiday news. Christmas Cantata gets a twist. Quilters make a giveaway piece by Reagan Tuttle, editor. The West End's Elf and Eve is happening on December 7th, and the parade and holiday shopping experiences are being planned by local businesses and organizations throughout the community. Anyone with questions about Elf and Eve and those who need ideas for activities to offer that night are welcome to contact the Nuclear Natarita Chamber of Commerce. Parade entry forms are now available online, but also they may be printed at the West End Visitor Center in Natarita. Parade registration is due by 5 p.m. on December 5th. Also, this year's Christmas cantata has a new style of presentation. The community choir, under the direction of Peggy Cole, will be singing traditional Christmas carols, and the group will be joined by the congregations at each church location they visit. The carols are in keeping with the reading of the Christmas story told in the book of Luke. Quote, come join us at any or all of the three performances, Chris Daniels told the forum over the weekend. Quote, the first is Friday, December 1st at 7 p.m. in Norwood at Christ Focus Church. She said, quote, the second is on Sunday, December 3rd at 3 p.m. in Paradox at the Community Center, the Little Red Church. The third and final performance for this year is also on that Sunday at 7 p.m. in Natarita at New Hope Pentecostal Church, end quote. Daniels said for those that celebrate Christmas, the cantata experience is an excellent way to begin the Advent season, and everyone is encouraged to attend. Quote, the annual cantata is the community choir's way of thanking all of our neighbors and friends and wishing all a beautiful Christmas, end quote, she said. In other holiday news, the Nuclear Natarita Area Chamber of Commerce announced its annual holiday lighting contest. The chamber will award a business and residential category winner this year. Communities eligible to participate include Nuclear Natarita, Red Vale, Bedrock, and Paradox. Judging will take place from December 14th through the 16th. Business judging will be complete by December 18th. Anyone with questions or who would like to sponsor a prize should contact Paula Brown at the Chamber by calling or texting 970-361-5733 or emailing nnaccdirector at gmail.com. That's n-n-a-c-c-d-i-r-e-c-t-o-r-1 at gmail.com. Additionally, many already know that Art at the Apothecary is teaming up with the True North Youth Program to offer a holiday handcrafts market on Elf and Eve from 4 to 7 p.m., in the Apothecary Building, which is located at 480 Main Street in Nucla. But Rosella Childs announced over the weekend that she and fellow quilter Jody Cairo are giving away a handmade lap quilt that evening, too. Quote, the drawing will be on Elf and Eve at 7 p.m., Childs told the forum Saturday. Quote, stop by Art at the Apothecary to register on December 6th from 1 to 6 p.m. or on December 7th from 4 to 7 p.m. End quote. The West End Sheriff's Posse is also an Elf and Eve sponsor and producer.
Okay, in high school sports, boys' basketball season gets underway by Reagan Tuttle, editor. There are 18 guys out for the basketball team this year, according to head coach Kelly Arnold. With approximately 22 years of coaching experience, he told the San Miguel Basin Forum he's again assisted by Mike Rummel of Norwood. While last year the duo coached both the boys and the girls, Zandon Bray has the girls this season. Practices started November 13th for the guys, though open gyms were happening the week before. No games have been played yet, but those are set for early December, and the sports schedules are on the West End Public School District's website. Arnold said the guys have a bit more experience than they did last year. That's because there are five seniors on the court, and the greater team isn't that young, comparatively speaking. Quote, we are about middle of the road as far as age goes, Arnold said over the weekend. Quote, we have a few freshmen, end quote. He said a lot of things are going well, especially since the guys are willing to be coached. He said players are listening, and that is likely because he and Rummel have been with the guys for a long time. He's been coaching some of them since middle school or earlier for the AAU, his own son included. Quote, they know our expectations and how things operate, he said. The guys' team had some success on the court last year, and Arnold said the group is determined to continue that to see even better outcomes. Seniors this year are Steele Arnold, Owen Dinsmore, Joseph Casillas, Hemi O'Brien, and Arthur Connolly. Also on the team are Slade Gillen, Kalen Joseph, Jackson Veal, Josh Platt, Bryson Rummel, Colton McClure, Austin Garvey, Drake Long, Jose Zunich, Danielle Zunich, Cole Bray, Paxton Caruso, Jacob Davis, and Jason Coots. Five of the guys on the team, which is a combined team, are from Norwood. The rest are Nucla guys. What's more is that Coach confirmed that five of them are also attempting to play basketball and also wrestle in the same season. He said there's definitely a commitment piece to doing both sports, and it's not easy on them as far as conditioning goes. Wrestling practice is first after school, and then the basketball practices are later. Arnold commends those kids on their efforts. Quote, they come in without complaining and go to practice and get to work, he said. The basketball season goes until March, and the practice will continue nightly in the meantime. Arnold, who is also the athletic director for the West End Public School District the last 15 years, said the middle school kids are using the Natarita gym for basketball and the high school kids are in the Nucla gym. He's not sure how that will all play out next year moving forward, but the new K-12 school in Nucla is set to be complete in January. In fact, Arnold spent time over Thanksgiving break organizing his office and preparing for the the move. It will be a short three weeks until the winter break when the new school is open. The new K-12 school in Nucla will have two new gyms. As far as basketball season goes, Arnold said he and the guys are ready. Quote, we are all excited and expecting a very good year and looking forward to tipping off, he said. Mustangs performed last time on Historic Stage by Brock Benson, Forum Contributor. The Mustang Theater Company is back on stage this week to perform their semester finale for the general public. The students have been working hard all semester preparing four short one-act plays for Thursday, November 30th and Friday, December 1st, both at 7 p.m. and on the historic main stage at the Nucla High School Gymnasium. It's the last time any theater will be performed on the legendary stage built in 1956. Students and faculty move into the new school in January, and while the moment is a bittersweet one, new opportunities in a new space will allow the group to do more concise and suitable productions given the size of the student population. Brock Benson, the instructor, wanted to direct a classic that would do justice to the history and legacy the stage represents in the West End, but the reality of participating students and exposure to resources is keeping the group a couple years out yet on that type of production. Still, students and resources are growing. 
This semester, audiences will see two theater classes and four very different shows. Junior High will perform two short scripts by playwright Nikki Harmon, The Day the Cow Dreamer Ran Away, which tells the story of a small town that lost its cows and how the townspeople managed to wrangle their herd, and How the Curious Son Was Saved, a short script based on the traditional English folktale, The Buried Moon. The high school class will present two one-act plays, the first a comedy entitled Desperate Housewives of Shakespeare by Jane and Jim Jeffries, a fan fiction spinoff featuring some of the strongest female characters Shakespeare ever wrote in a murder mystery. The second is a sci-fi suspense thriller called The Experiment by Brent Holland. The shows feature every student that signed up for theater class, and all students took active roles in designing, constructing, and painting sets. While the instructor feels incredible pride, trials and tribulations have also allowed for growth and bonding. Students have learned skills that can't necessarily be taught in another setting. And before it even began, there was serious planning for the size of the cast, along with subject matter that might be relevant to the community. Building sets and assessing the lighting were other challenging parts. Then sound, music, and instruments were factored in, along with costumes. In the past, Colorado Mesa University's Performing Arts Department has sent costumes on loan, but this semester the group decided to see what they could come up with by resourcing from the local community. Quote, I really wanted our final show on this stage to be something that we built ourselves without any help from outside of the community, Benson said. Quote, I wanted to produce a show that says, this is what our talent looks like in the West End, and this is what we are capable of pulling off. And we pulled off a lot this semester, end quote. So far, the production has cost more than $2,000. While the school provides the class with a small budget, it doesn't come close to being able to provide the students with the needed paint, let alone the flats, backdrops, the rest of the set, costume pieces, publicity, and makeup. Needless to say, the instructor remains grateful for the generosity of community West End members. He'd made a request to when school started about potentially gathering funds from those who wanted to support local theater. He figured 800 could mostly solve the class problems. Quote, I'm still in awe at what this community gave to my program this year, he said. Quote, over $2,500 showed up on my doorstep and at the office of the high school. There isn't enough room in the newspaper to list all of the people that gave so generously. However, they will be listed in the program that you will get when you come see the productions. End quote. Cost of admission for the show is $5, and the first one-act play starts promptly at 7 p.m. Hope to see you there. All right, and news out of Nucla. Main Street work ongoing. Election happens this spring by Reagan Tuttle, editor. The town of Nucla announced last weekend the water would likely be shut off November 22nd as Main Street improvements continue. Melissa Lampshire, town clerk, told the forum that the crew hit a valve on 10th Avenue. The water was turned off for some people, but not all residents. Still, some scheduling of water outages will be happening in the future. On November 29th, an outage happens for the Sean Lee neighborhood as crews are going to install more valves in that location. Lampshire said as crews continue the service meter work, there might be other homes or businesses affected too. And the town is hoping to pave next week. Lampshire admitted it will be cold, but the crew is determined to get to work. They'll start at the top of 3rd Avenue and work block by block, so some street closures will happen in sections for that. The work is scheduled to begin Monday, December 4th, and will go through the week from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. The public will see the paving trucks in action. Lampshire agreed the street will look nice afterwards. 
Sewer work will begin after the pavement, and the road will have to be cold-patched until spring. The crews will do sewer upgrades in the area of the Nuclefire Hall to 5th Avenue, and the work will run from 8th to 10th Avenue with more on the east side of the road. Lampshire said she knows some locals are annoyed by the ongoing construction work. She added, though, with a $2.5 million project in a small town, there will always be glitches. Quote, you've got to break eggs to bake a cake, she said Monday. Additionally, she said the town of Nucla has never really replaced anything in the past. The town has only fixed things and covered it back up. Lampshire said, of course, the recent upgrade work could have gone better. There's always room for improvement. Quote, but did we know exactly where the line was? No, she said. Quote, it was 60 years old. So it's going good, end quote. She also said the town and crews have tried to keep Main Street and its businesses open for people, and the crews have really tried to make way for those who need to get through. The sidewalk work won't happen anytime soon, but the town is working with CDOT on plans for that. The project will go out for a bid sometime next year, so that new sidewalks can be constructed in the spring of 2025. In other town news, Nucla will approve the 2024 budget at the December 13th meeting, though Lampshire said there's nothing surprising in it. Quote, it has to be done, and it is what it is, she said. The town will hold interviews next week for the position of public works director. Three qualified candidates have applied. The majority of the town board and Lampshire will conduct the interviews. She said it's important for the board to be present because whomever is hired must know the board and their vision for Nucla. Looking into the future, there's also a municipal election coming up in April. Three board member seats will be open, and the campaign process begins in January. And on page two, we have a little Get Wild section. We don't have to say bah humbug to holiday lighting by Marty Simmer. Thanksgiving is over, and there was much to be thankful for this special day and night with family and friends. Let's give thanks for the beauty, serenity, and peace that a protected nightscape has to offer. Let's give thanks for the natural darkness that is essential for the well-being of humans, wildlife, and vegetation. And let's give thanks for the inspiration and wonder that we get from experiencing a sky full of sparkling stars, a treasure that is becoming ever more precious and rare as the world is overcome by artificial light at night. With Thanksgiving, the holiday season has arrived. Traditional celebrations associated with the natural night sky at this time of year include Christmas, Hanukkah, winter solstice, and many more. There are numerous holiday traditions around the world that are connected with the night sky. Is there a conflict between the natural night sky of the holiday season and the contemporary artificial holiday lighting? NASA reports that the Earth is up to 50% brighter in the U.S. during the holidays. When NASA tried to gather data during the holidays from places with snow-covered landscapes, the snow glow combined with holiday lighting was too intense to collaborate reliable data. Citizen scientists with the scientific research program Globe at Night find excessive holiday lighting contributes to negative effects on the environment as well as humans. Impacts on the environment include washing out the stars, wasting energy, and disrupting nocturnal life. And impacts on human health include difficulty sleeping, headaches, and increased anxiety. Still, we don't have to say bah humbug to holiday lighting. Eleanor Stokes, a research scientist at the University of Maryland who has worked with NASA to gather satellite data on our lighting habits, remarks that putting your lights on a timer can have a huge benefit, she adds. Quote, I'm all in about being festive but you don't need to be festive at like 3 a.m., end quote. Instead, we can follow Dark Sky Colorado-approved holiday lighting tips to help protect our human and wildlife neighbors. Residents and visitors alike are invited to follow these holiday lighting tips. Use fewer lights overall. 
Avoid excessive use of lights that have a more blue appearance. Blue light is most harmful to wildlife and contributes more than other colors to sky glow. If you use white lighting, select warmer lights that are close in color to a candle flame. Control outdoor holiday lighting with timers and turn them off completely at bedtime. Keep holiday lighting in season. Amber, gold, and red lights have lower light wavelengths. Additional guidelines to consider include being vigilant that holiday lighting stays on your property with minimal sky glow, using window coverings and or dimmers, keeping indoor lights indoors, using LED or low-pressure sodium, amber, gold, green, and red lights since they have a lower color temperature, cause less environmental harm, and are gentler on night vision, avoiding blinking flashing lights and rotating colors, keeping holiday lights off during the day, remembering that unshielded bistro or string lighting can hurt and impair eyesight for people and wildlife. Before putting lights on trees, research the effects of light pollution on vegetation. Limiting holiday lighting to 60 to 75 days or less each year to preserve the specialness of the holiday season. Enjoy the festive holiday lighting for our modern traditions. Likewise, take time to look up at the celestial lights of the starry heavens, the inspiration for many of our holidays. This column was first published last week in the Summit Daily News. Get Wild publishes every Friday in the Summit Daily News. Marty Summer is actively involved with Dark Sky Colorado and recently remarked, the sky is the limit as she continues learning about and advocating for the preservation of the night sky. Contact summitdarksky at gmail.com for dark sky information in Summit County. All right, in Montrose County's news, county celebrates centennial of historic courthouse, special to the forum. Montrose County representatives said they're thrilled to celebrate the 100th birthday of its historic courthouse, a cornerstone of the community since its dedication on December 7, 1923. The courthouse, a symbol of Montrose County's rich history and enduring spirit, has stood as a testament to the craftsmanship and resilience of generations of county residents. Quote, the Montrose County Courthouse is not just a building, it's a symbol of our community's pride and determination, said Commissioner Roger Rash. Quote, as we mark this centennial milestone, we are committed to preserving the landmark and ensuring that it continues to serve the people of Montrose County for another hundred years. To commemorate the celebration, Montrose County provided a special gift during the City of Montrose's tree lighting event on November 24th at 5.30 p.m. at the historic courthouse, 320 South 1st Street. The county staff was on hand to distribute blue Santa hats, symbolizing the courthouse's historic year. In keeping with Montrose County's deep agricultural roots, the county partnered with Y-Bar Hitch to offer festive horse-drawn wagon rides around the block and to Santa's cabin. The rides provided a unique opportunity to experience the beauty and charm of the courthouse and the surrounding area. Quote, the Montrose County Courthouse is an embodiment of our county's agricultural heritage, said Commissioner Keith Caddy. Quote, we are proud to honor the craftsmanship of our forefathers, who used local materials to create a building that has been the county seat for a hundred years. Featuring a memorial to service members of World War I, this building is an important part of our community. With an upcoming renovation project, we are committed to preserving their legacy and ensuring that the courthouse continues to serve our community for generations to come. End quote. The official centennial date of the courthouse is December 7th, marking a century of service to the people of Montrose County. Montrose County invites the community to celebrate this significant milestone in the county's history. They said we can honor the past, embrace the present, and look forward to a future filled with countless memories within the walls of the Montrose County Historic Courthouse.
All right, in community news, adult volleyball happens, board members needed, by Reagan Tuttle, editor. It might be getting colder, but there's an invitation to keep moving and warm up in the West End. Montrose West Recreation is starting an adult volleyball league that takes place this winter. The volleyball practices start December 4th at 7 p.m. Anyone looking for a team is welcome to show up and participate. There's an online registration link to get started. Adult Volleyball League games begin December 11th, and those will run on Mondays through mid-February. Game times are 7 p.m. and 7.45 p.m. Cost is $25 per person, and there is a limit of 10 people per team. The league is co-ed, and both males and females are welcome to join. Also held through Montrose West Recreation is a 5th and 6th grade girls basketball league beginning in January. The girls will be playing in the Montrose Recreation District League and will travel to Montrose. Practices are twice a week in Natarita. With questions, the public may email MontroseWestRec at gmail.com. Longtime coaches are Stan and Misty Galley. In the town of Nucla, the clerk reported there would be another water shutoff period for November 27th from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. The outage was for the water line repair work that has been ongoing this fall. Water users were told there would be low water pressure or no water at all. Quote, we're sorry for the inconvenience, the clerk and staff said in messages over the weekend. Up in Norwood, the Lone Cone Legacy Trust congratulated winners for its recent grant awards. The grant celebration happened November 28th at the Blue House next to the livery in Norwood. Quote, we will have checks to distribute to all of you who have completed your grant agreement and are looking forward to thanking you in person for the great work you do to serve Rights Mesa. April Montgomery of the Telluride Foundation said Monday morning, quote, if you can't make it, we will mail your check, end quote. Regarding county news, communication specialist Katie Jurgensen announced that Montrose County now seeks service to boards and committees. Those in the West End are encouraged to apply. Quote, Montrose County is seeking dedicated residents to serve on our various boards and committees that play a vital role in shaping the county's future, a news release said last week. Current openings include positions on the Region 10 Board of Directors, Region 10 Business Loan Fund Committee, the Montrose Regional Airport Advisory Board, the Historic Landmark Advisory Board, and also the Montrose Fair Board. Quote, serving on the Montrose County Planning Commission for several years gave me valuable insights in the challenges and opportunities facing our community, said County Commissioner Roger Rash. Quote, I would strongly encourage others to apply to help provide a positive impact on our community. End quote. Montrose County representatives have said the county values the contributions of its residents and encourages individuals to apply for board and committee positions. Applicants should have a passion for serving their community, a willingness to commit their time and talents, and a desire to make a difference. Interested individuals can apply online at montrosecounty.net forward slash 174 forward slash boards, commissions, committees. Applications are open until positions are filled. All right, now for the star of the show, history from the Rimrocker Historical Society. The word is thankful by Sharon Johansson this week. Sharon Johansson, Rimrocker Historical Society. It's good to hear from you, Sharon. As you can see, my name is listed for this week's article. Jane Thompson asked me to do the article this week while she is in Alaska for some much-needed R&R. Funny she didn't say what I had to write about, so I feel like there are no rules. As she has stated before in her articles, when you start researching topics, you really do get lost in the history. So this week I chose to use this platform to share some things and people we should all be thankful for. As we put another Thanksgiving holiday on the shelf, I began to reflect on the last few years with the Rim Rockers. As a board, we have made some very big decisions for the Historical Society. We hope they will move us forward and preserve the history for future generations to enjoy. 
The decision to move the museum to Nukla was made when the new school was approved and the construction started in Nukla. It is important that we teach our youth the history of our area, and we hope to be a big part of that endeavor. The town of Natarita has supported us for so many years. We will forever be thankful to them, but not only for the use of the community building, but for supporting the present board and the original board members from the day the Historical Society was formed. We have been so thankful for the volunteers who have helped to get this move underway. When we reached out, they came and gave their time so generously. For those folks who just walked in off the street and helped us when we really needed someone, we are thankful for you. Thank you all so much for your help, encouragement, and support. We are truly thankful. We are so thankful to the Weed C, CDPHE, and so many other people, too numerous to mention, who helped us get grants to be used in the Yerevan ballpark. With some of these funds and the hard work of Cody and Shayna, with Thompson Builders, we have a brand new double vault toilet in the ballpark. This was a dream of ours for such a long time. To see it finally happen was a dream come true. Rick, Stephanie, Sean, and Lane Sutherland with RD Construction stepped up with the second phase of work and built us two new launch ramps for rafters and river enthusiasts to enjoy. Because of their love for the ballpark, they did so much more on their own time for us. Brush was cleared and a beautiful rock wall built on the west end of the park. If we hadn't had that wall this spring, our park would have been severely damaged due to the high water. We are so thankful to them for their hard work and support, and to Paul and Shannon Clark, who are always stepping up to help us improve the ballpark. They have such a good vision for it and are willing to help us achieve our goals. We are thankful for you both. We have been so lucky to have a good, solid board and active members to manage the Rimrocker Historical Society. They are faithful to come to our meetings and help make these decisions on behalf of our organization. Your sense of duty and love for your community does not go unnoticed. The Rimrockers are truly thankful to have you. And last but not least, we should be thankful for our original board and the members who had a vision to preserve the history of the West End. When this group was formed in 1966, they had such high hopes and goals to start the museum and begin preserving it. I can say from our experience in this move, they did an amazing job. We have a fantastic collection and we should all be thankful to them for their hard work and determination. So as we close the book on Thanksgiving 2023, the theme for all of us is to be thankful. We are lucky to live here in the West End and we should never take it for granted. We hope you will stop into the new museum during Elfin Eve and see what we've done up to this point and say hello and enjoy a little Christmas spirit. I will do that, Sharon. It is great to hear from you this week. Thank you to the Rimrocker Historical Society, and thank you, of course, to Reagan Tuttle for bringing us such a great newspaper every week. We love hearing about all the local news and all the ways that this West End community is the greatest community in the West. From the Trailhead Sound Lab in Natarita, Colorado, this has been a 141 production in cooperation with the Rimrocker Historical Society and the San Miguel Basin Forum. This has been Volume 74, Issue Number 26 of the San Miguel Basin Forum, bringing you all the headlines out of the West End of Colorado for the week of November 29, 2023. I'm Brock Benson. Thanks for listening in today, everybody. We'll see you next week.